Ladies and gentlemen, you found the program that pulls no punches, that knocks out political correctness, and delivers a right cross to defend the Constitution. We call it Fighting Words. And now, entering the ring, retired infantry colonel, trial lawyer, and fighter for truth and justice, Kurt Schlichter. Hi, everybody. Kurt Schlichter back with another edition of Fighting Words, the Hugh Hewitt affiliated podcast that skirts the outskirts of FCC compliance. How are you guys today? I'm very annoyed. Why am I very annoyed? Well, let's talk institutions. Hugh Hewitt's big institution guy. Um, Institutions are important. Institutions are the foundation of a civilized society. The problem with ours is that ours are old and decrepit. And I know I've talked about it before, but I think it bears repeating. Our institutions are primarily 100 years old, at least most of them got put together, if not before World War II, in the aftermath of World War II. And right now, they're doddering like Joe Biden without his mush in the morning. Wandering around, robe flapping open, the whole, the whole thing on display, missing the slipper. They're the walking dead of institutions. Okay, what am I talking about institutions? I'm talking the media. I'm talking academia. I'm even talking about our political uh, class, uh, NFL. Hollywood, any big kind of thing that does a job in society. Well, most of them are very, very old. Most of them are outdated. Most of them are in desperate need of reform. And at the same time, this is happening because they're under pressure because of the economy changing and because of technology. For instance, do you read a real newspaper anymore? Newspapers have completely changed because of technology. Many of them have gone away. I, 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 the, the LA Times used to be the... Uh, Second or third biggest paper in the United States. Any of you guys deal with the L.A. Times anymore? I'm in L.A. I don't. So, so at the time all these things are under pressure, under, under uh, stress for change, we have the worst ruling class ever. When I talk about ruling class, you know what I mean? I mean the people who run the institutions. I mean the people who have the degrees and who have the attitude and who primi- primarily live in blue state enclaves. They run the institutions, and they are the most unaccomplished bunch of individuals you ever wanted to meet. Okay, None of them built these institutions. They all inherited it. And I've said it before. They're like the third-generation Kennedys. right? One Kennedy just lost yesterday against Edward Markey in uh, Massachusetts. First uh, Kennedy to lose an election in like half a century. The, the Kennedy Institution. It's not really an institution. But it's kind of a thing. It's dying. And, it, and, it, and it's exhausted. And you look at you look at this latest candidate. I don't even know his name, Jim Bob or some something. Um, he was just a loser. I mean, to lose to Edward Markey, holy cow! But I mean, he he was just nobody except a name, spouting platitudes and cliches. I mean, you know, you can say what you want about JFK, but he was a dynamic guy. He'd been to war. He made it with. Marilyn Monroe. I mean, the guy had, you know, the guy had, the guy had uh, chops. But the guy said, what do you know about this guy? Just some backbencher congressman. But he had the Kennedy name and he, and he got tranced. And that's, that is a huge indicator. 
It's a huge indicator that institutions are doddering. Huge indicator that the people running the institutions are just a bunch of losers. Fast forward to the giant Chinese coronavirus thing. Okay, we're in the middle of a giant pandemic. Or, well, I think we're on the tail end of it, as, as, as we will discover as we talk more. But, uh, you know, this is when the institutions are supposed to rally. This is when the institutions are supposed to provide the solid base for society to keep functioning, even when it gets a crisis out of left field. And they they completely botched it. Look at the CDC. CDC was terrible. The CDC back in February is telling you don't wear masks. Today they're telling you wear masks or you're going to kill everybody. Okay? Uh, other institutions uh, have been responsible for this lockdown idiocy, including keeping kids out of school, but telling us basically if you gather in groups of more than three, you're pretty much Hitler because you're committing genocide. I mean, that's really what you get. But, it, but, but then our leader, this is when our leadership classes, greed and incompetence, and, and, and frankly, stupidity, or, or lack of wisdom, really, because come, come into play. And I say lack of wisdom because wisdom is really understanding the ways of God and man, okay? It's just understanding, you know, how, how, how God and man are. You know, smart is I can grab a piece of information really quick. A guy on Jeopardy who's very good is smart because he can get it and process information quickly. But he's not necessarily wise, and there are tons of smart people walking around without a lick of wisdom. That's one of the great things about Hillsdale. Hillsdale wants to help you be smart. I mean, you got to be smart to get in, but it wants you to hone that. But it also wants to create wisdom by, by teaching you about God and man. How do you do that? You study the classics. You study the Bible. You actually deal with people in real life. There are a lot of uh, very wise people without a degree. You know, and you probably know them, and you're like, you know, grandmother... Who says, well, you know, people are like X, Y, and Z, and you should do X, Y, and Z. And that's, I mean, that, that's wisdom. Smart people do not necessarily have wisdom. Our ruling class has none. And why is this important? Why does this matter? Well, it matters right now in the response to coronavirus because we have a ruling class that is asking us to make huge sacrifices of our business, of our kids' education, of our future, of our personal liberty. You know, it's telling us we can't gather together in church. In fact, it's, it's, it's bizarrely focused on persecuting churches. Now, right there, that, that lacks wisdom. Why? Because that is, that, that is something that's very important to people. You don't want to focus on that because you're going to make those people angry, very angry. And, and that's what they've done. But they've done it because it feels good. They like it. They like rubbing their thumb in the eyeballs of those knuckle-dragging Jesus folk. Tell me that's not true. Now, in, in the last 24 hours, I'm recording this on September 2nd, 2020, Wednesday. Yesterday, Fox got hold of some security footage of Nancy Pelosi walking into a salon. I think it was in San Francisco. Hair, hair salon. She gets a blowout. Now, I don't know what a blowout is. I had to ask my wife. Uh, apparently, that's something you do with your hair. Okay, she's getting a blowout. She walks in without a mask. And, wow. I mean, we've been told that you're, you're basically murdering people if you don't wear masks. And she just, she doesn't care. She's a Speaker of the House. 
and she's blowing us off. And we have seen this before, again and again, we've seen judges and mayors all going out and doing the very things they tell us we can't do. They've been doing it themselves. We can't do it. RBG, apparently, this weekend, according to somebody's tweet, there's this tweet of her standing there between a couple. She's officiating at a, uh, I think it's a Jewish ceremony, because the guy had a, uh, a kippah. And the woman says, oh, this is just a beautiful time. And I'm thinking, well, you know, well, that seems great. I'd love to be able to gather with, with folks for an important religious ceremony of mine. But apparently I can't because I'm not RBG. I'm not special. Now, RBG, remember, she's multiple cancer survivor. If anybody is comorbidity, okay, she's the comorbidity, comorbidity poster child. And she's sitting there smiling without a mask around all these people. And, of course, we have seen riot after riot after riot where nobody wears a mask or few people wear a mask. And that's okay because apparently you're okay if you are woke and promoting uh, Democrat political priorities. You're immune to the uh, Chinese coronavirus. Okay, now, how does this relate all back? If you are wise, and you don't even have to be very wise, you just have to be aware of the obvious. You understand that gross hypocrisy can't, can't, can't be sustained. It's going to outrage people. It's going to split up society. Our society is a free society of equals, right? We give some power to the institution, some power formally to the government, but informally to other institutions. And they're supposed to wield it for the benefit of all of us it's very clear they're wielding it for the benefit of themselves. They, they make rules for themselves that they don't feel they have to, or rules for us that they don't feel they have to follow. And we saw it, Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and all these uh, protesters. The rules are very, very important when they apply to us. And it doesn't matter, you know, they, they can prosecute us for gathering together in church. They send the police, but they're free to do it. Doesn't matter if they do it, it's okay. In fact, one, uh, one doctor on CNN came right out and said, well, it's, I'm an expert, I'm a doctor, and it's much more important that we protest against uh, uh, systemic racism than uh, take viral precautions. Well, you know, I'm not sure scientific ep expertise, epidemiolo epidemiological skills uh, are re you know, really what I'm going to defer to on policy grounds, because that's a policy. You know, these, these technology guys, listen to the science. Well, why should I listen to the science about what politics I like? You know, what political positions I take or what, what's important or not. That's my decision. The techno these technocrats can provide technical information, but they don't decide things. If they decide things, it's a technocrat dictatorship, which, of course, is what the elite would like. The elite doesn't want our feedback, and it doesn't care about us. And it just wants to boss us around, and it does what it pleases. You know, these are the same people who say guns are bad, and then they're surrounded by guys with, wait for it, guns. Hypocrisy undermines institutions. Now, hypocrisy, you know, it was that the tribute vice plays to virtue, I guess is the saying. Um, hypocrisy does not mean necessarily that you're, uh, that the, the, the thing you're hypocritical about is bad. For instance, Bill Clinton would say, families are important. Shouldn't cheat on your wife. And then he's banging bimbos in the Oval Office. Doesn't make it okay to cheat on your wife. 
it just annoys people. And even Jesus, you look at the Bible and Jesus is like, Hip hypocrites are destructive because human nature, we're bringing the wisdom back, human nature is such that when you see somebody doing something themselves that they've told you not to, it just, it, it naturally angers people because it's unfair and it's insulting. And it essentially says, well, I'm more important than you are. You suck. You're a sucker. You're a sap. And nobody likes that. So we have an unwise ruling class reigning over institutions that are already teetering simply because of age, but also because of their own incompetent handling. And they're teetering and on the verge of falling. The NFL's going to fall. The NBA's, NBA's going to fall. Everything's going to be different. Hollywood. Everything's going to be different. Coronavirus and technology are changing things. They've accelerated the change. It's being ruled over by these incompetents who don't understand the most basic, most basic principle of leadership, which is setting the example. In the military, you have to set the example. I remember when I was, ah, where was I? Gosh, it's like 14 years. So I was 41, between 41, 43, 44 years old. And I was commanding a battalion, and I would have to go take the PT test. And I would always take it with my troops. So I would get out there, and I'd be the first one. Everybody would line up, and we're going to do push-ups, right? We're going to do push-ups, okay? I get out there, and I'm the first guy, and I sit down, and I do my push-ups. And luckily, push-ups was the one I was really good at. I could do 72 in two minutes. That was 100. I maxed my number because it's a grading scale. And everybody would see it. The colonel, who says everybody's got to be able to meet their physical training tech, uh, uh standards. Well, he got out there and he did it, and we saw him. And then I would do sit-ups, and I was good at sit-ups, too, and I could max those. Run? Not so good, but uh, I made sure I, I would beat some 18-year-olds who smoked. Good Lord. Sergeant Major jumped on those guys. How could you let the old man beat you? He's 109! Ah! But I went out and I showed, I set the example. Okay? You never ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. And, you know, when, I, when we were out there, you know, I, you know, I, I'd sleep on the ground next to the guys. You know, they, they would all see that I'm sharing the bird. That's so vital to leadership. This is, and this isn't Kurt's brainstorm. This is what leaders, you know, have done for 5,000 years. I was, you know, I, my, my leadership style was greatest hits of, you know, the KTEL the great KTEL greatest hits of military leaders. I, try, I read, read widely and tried to uh, copy what they did. And, uh, you know, set the example, obviously. Eight number one, that's the first one you do. Set the example. Our, our establishment does not set the example. Our establishment mocks us. Our establishment, by its hypocrisy, undermines its own authority. And yet they are clinging to power. Remember, all of this chaos is our establishment clinging to power. All of it, right? Joe Biden, you know, the liberal does not rep rep represent change. He represents the status quo. He wants to return the status quo to full power. The, the, the change agent is the conservative. It's Donald Trump. He's disrupting. He understands that everything's got to change, that the way things have been done, everything from trade rules to, to, to use of military force um, to the media has got to change. It's going to change. These guys are, uh, uh, to quote National Review, standing athwart history yelling stop, but it didn't go stop. And unfortunately, the change is going to come. Uh, 
change can always be traumatic in this volatile situation. Volatile because of you know technology and the virus and the greed, incompetence, and narcissistic arrogance of our garbage ruling class. They're making it very, very dangerous. The change is going to come. They can't stop it. They're going to try. And they're going to do everything they can to keep the change from coming, but the change will happen. And there's not a damn thing they can do about it. This is Kurt Schlichter's Fighting Words. I want you to follow me on Twitter, at Kurt Schlichter. Tomorrow, check out my town hall. That'll be uh, September 3rd. And if you're not on the Kurt Alert newsletter, you just type in Kurt Alert on Google. It will take you right there. You sign up, you get early. You could get it today, September 2nd. It is my article, Why Donald Trump uh, Shouldn't Just Send in the Troops. And it's like 1,900 words long, leveraging all my military experience in civilian support operations. I also wrote a law review article on it, uh, explaining why, well, just send in the guard is not an answer in this situation. It just isn't. Not an excuse. I'm going to give you the reasons in great and loving detail. So you'll want to check that out. Get my book, 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump. Get my now nonfiction novels, starting with People's Republic. There's four of them about America splitting apart. You know, I'm writing the fifth one, and, uh, you know, damned if I can keep up with what's going on. It's, the fifth one's kind of a prequel where, you know, the country falls apart, and I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, do I want to have the wa- them trying to tear down the Washington Monument? Nah, that's a little too crazy. And then the, uh, yesterday, Washington, D.C. says, we have to reimagine the Washington Monument. It's like, holy crap. i got to write this. i got to write book five called Crisis really quick before they, you know, they steal all my thunder. Anyway, I'll be back next week on Fighting Words with Kurt Schlichter. And uh, see you later. Bye-bye.